welcome to Show Me Something Wrong. <laughs> uh, try that again. Welcome to... Sh- Whoa, what was that? Welcome. <laughs> welcome to show... Fuck, what's wrong with me today? Welcome to Show Me Something Wrong. Where each episode one of us chooses a movie to watch that the other hasn't seen. The movie is often obscure, usually odd, and I'm always wrong. wrong. <laughs> I'm Dave. And I'm Guy, and today I've chosen the movie, and it is... Red, red Spells Spells Red from 1983. Let's get it on. I feel like first and foremost, Dave, I owe you an apology. Yeah. <laughs> For making you watch this. I was, um, yeah, in all fairness, this did come with a warning. Yeah, I was, I was kind of worried because, yeah, when we were talking about it, I was like, kind of off podcast. I'm like, it's not animal stuff, is it? And he just didn't reply to that <laughs> message. I'm like, oh, fuck it is. And then once I realized it was by, I guess, the same company that brought out centipede mm, yeah perhaps like yeah. the same production company i was like oh i know what i'm in for now yeah 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 but that not being the only reason why i chose it i feel like there's a lot more to talk about here than just the animal cruelty but that is a very very strong theme that is uh, prevalent throughout this entire film so those who are upset as you should be <laughs> by animal cruelty maybe don't watch this one or maybe just don't listen at all i don't know unsubscribe yeah. Never listen to us again. No, no, just, just skip this episode, I would say. We won't, we, we're not going to go into too much graphic detail, are we? I don't feel... No, no, we don't need to talk about the, 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 the ins and outs of... Well, we do talk about the ins and outs, don't we? Oh, oh God. Oh, boy. Anyway, but that was not the only reason um, I chose this film. And actually, the reason I initially wanted to do this film is because although we've spoken about, like, Cat 3 and... And Hong Kong films so much, and you found one that I hadn't seen, which was the fantastic... Mm. Don't stop my crazy love for you. A.K.A. Crazy love for you. A.K.A. Stop my crazy... Wait, what's it Can't stop my crazy crazy love love for you. Yeah, which was absolutely fantastic, and I was very happy that I also found one that you had not seen. This is but, from the pre-Cat 3 But that's era, it. Right? This is actually yeah. not a Cat 3. So this came out in 83, but the uh, the Cat 3 um, rating came out in 88. So this is mm. proto-Cat 3. Yeah. Um, which is kind of wild in itself. Um, there was actually a, um, a censorship body prior to 88, um, but it had no like legal power to censor films in Hong Kong. So there was kind of just like a loose set of guidelines one of the big ones, which was quite interesting, was that criminals could not be shown to get away with their crimes. Oh, the that makes had... so much sense now. Because mm. can you? I can't think of a single Hong Kong film where a criminal gets away with it. They're always it's always like kind of a morality sort of mm. thing, right? Where it, that's kind of like um, like in the fifties in America, right? Film forties uh, and fifties film mm. noir. It always mm. had to end with the criminals being punished at the end to, exactly. to get away with like all the you know at, for that time quite messed up stuff. That mm. they were doing. And so the pre Cat Three classification board for them that was a big thing. Like criminals had to pay for their crimes, but there was no kind of censorship law, so they were kind of 
they could get away with it, but the, but the boards weren't happy about it. And a lot of kind of films pushed the what's the phrase? Push the en- envelope? envelope. That's envelope. a phrase. An envelope. Yeah, Why would you push it. an envelope? What does push that even mean? Envelope. What mm-hmm. does that mean? Anyway, they pushed the envelope. <laughs> what the fuck does push the envelope <laughs> mean? I don't know. Do you want me to look up the uh, No, fuck the envelopes. We've got lots to talk about today. <laughs> Looking it up. No, I'm joking. And, and apparently, the, the, the big old, the, one of the big envelope pushes mm. was um, John Woo's A Better Tomorrow. Mm. And they weren't happy about that. Um, but one of the biggest things, the, the reason that, um, that Hong Kong decided to actually make this new Cat 3 rating, I'm not going to say like, primarily but one of the biggest instigators was the infamous men behind the sun right right as right. as we all is know and that hate. so that's pre cat three that as is well? pre cat three. Oh, i always thought that was a cat three okay so that that's before mm. that. okay but that was i think people say that was like the catalyst that mm. made the cat three mm, the cat three catalyst oh maybe that's why it's called cat three <laughs> Maybe it's for the cat that got eaten alive. Who knows? But um, oh, fuck, I hate that film so fucking much. Have you, oh my god! The first time I saw that film, Men Behind the Sun, mm. it was weirdly at um, this place called Acme or ACMI, mm. which is like a Melbourne. What does it stand for? Australian something moving image center. Australian center. For the moving mm. image. Mm. So it's like quite a classy sort of museum mm. of like wow. film history and stuff. And for some fucking crazy reason, they were screening Men Behind the Sun. That's fucked. Yeah. And I, so the, the first time I saw it, yeah, was at a cinema what? watching this, yeah, absolutely repellent mm. film. I hate that film so much. And there's a, a scene in it where a cat mm. uh, gets killed, which is the director claims isn't real, but it's. I'd be very surprised if it wasn't real. I heard a different claim that the cat was real. And apparently they covered the cat in honey. And the the scene is it gets eaten alive by rats. Yeah, this is Um, the same thing I've heard. That it it didn't get killed, Mm. but it just got nibbled at. Yeah, they were were licking the honey off of the cat. Shut the fuck up. Absolute bullshit. Fuck (laughs) fuck that director. But yeah, when when I saw that at the cinema, there was all these kind of... Oh, I'm using the word bogan again, which we use in Bucks Party. It's just like it's like um, kind of trashy sort of dudes behind us that for some reason were watching Men Behind the Sun. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. And uh, <laughs> when the cat was getting killed yeah. horribly, like I wasn't looking at the screen, and they were like laughing, like slapping their knees, laughing, and it, it's it traumatized me. Their mm. reaction was almost worse than what was happening. That's quite on upsetting. Screen. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that film. And fuck the sequel too. I hate the sequel. Laboratory of the Devil. Laboratory of the Devil. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah. Anyway, so that was um, one of the main reasons um, that Hong Kong were like, we need to get some kind of censorship laws, and thus was born the Cat Three genre. It's kind of ironic because it made it ended up making their films more fucked because then people were trying clearly to make things to get that that label as a oh. as a point of you know advertisement. I think. Oh, yes, yeah, you could say the same, you know, banned films, you know, if your mm. film gets banned, you know, that's like free publicity, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, going a bit off track, but anyway, so yeah, this is pre-Cat 3, this is from 83, and this is actually the first and last film for a lot of the people involved. So Titus Ho, the director, this is his only yeah. film that he directed. 
and he was actually a post-production manager at Shaw Brothers Studios. Maybe that's why I recognized his name. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Titus Ho. I know that name. Mm. He must have directed lots of other stuff. And then after I watched it, I saw this was the only credit that he had. Yeah, that's it. his name appears on quite a lot. But actually, this is on his only film directing. Mm. Um, but he's actually a pretty big post-production manager and producer, screenwriter. He's like, he's kind of a big deal. Right. But this is his only film he's ever directed. Yeah, I some of his like more famous films that are listed here, I don't think I've seen, but one called Flirting, one don't called know. Sex Beyond the Grave, don't which sounds it. pretty great, <laughs> and King of Masks. I don't know any of these. Um, okay, they're like these are Shaw Brothers big... films. I'm not sure if these are Shaw Brothers films, but these are films that Titus Ho, the director, has like connection with. He was either the writer, or producer, right. or post production manager. Don't know. But anyway. Is. He was working at um, Shaw Brothers Studios when he met Stephen Chan, the producer of this film, who also produced, as you mentioned before, Centipede Horror, which Mm. is another absolutely fucked black magic, let's use a lot of living insects kind of horror film. Anyway, so Stephen Chan, like, tossed Titus Ho this screenplay, which would become Red Spells, Bells, Rest, and was like, what do you think? And, And the reason that these two came together is that they both had an absolute fondness for a certain (laughs) British horror thriller film, and they were like, we want to make a film like this. Right. And you will never guess in a million years what film... A British? British thriller. thriller. From the 70s. I want to say 73. I should probably check, but it's around that era. Is it one that I'll definitely know? You will definitely know it. Who's in it? Give me a clue. Or will that give it away? That will definitely give it away. All right, just tell me. (laughs) All right, so basically, the director of this and the producer were like, we want to make a film like Don't Look Now. What? (laughs) Yeah. How is this anything like that? And this was the result. What? (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) Makes no sense whatsoever. But they both had an absolute profound love for that film, and they wanted to make something like that, apparently. Now I'm trying to make any kind of connection to that film no in my sense. mind, but there's, there's no similarity. The only thing I can think of is the fact that they both have a theme of red. I don't know. Oh, and the dwarf mm. thing Oh, that's well. Oh, maybe the dwarf. That's it. Yeah. So they, they talk about, we'll get into it, but mm-hmm. there is no actual dwarf in this film, right? No. But they do, <laughs> but they do say dwarf quite, mm. a, quite mm. a few times. So I'm not sure what the fuck they were thinking when they made this... Um, that is very... And they're absolutely non-apparent homage to Don't Look Now. There is no way I would have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so so Stephen Chan tossed the screenplay to Titus Ho. They got um, the screenplay writer from Centipede Horror, Amy Chan, to get on board. And they both kind of worked together to make Red Spells, Spells Red, into what it is now. As I said before, first and last for many of the people involved, um, the actress who plays Stella, the main character... She quit soon after this, as well as another number of people, another actress. And the initial company that put it out, I think it's Nico's Studios, they only ever released this and Centipede Horror. Yeah, I saw that. It was the only two films Mm. they put out. And those two are also kind of like, they would make a great double bill. They go hand in hand together. They're absolutely fucked. But yeah, with that in mind, it's like they're kind of these really fantastic little like capsules of that time. Um, 
and never went anywhere beyond like those early 80s with these very limited people involved in making and then that was it just gone mm. people quit they never made anything after that and the studio apparently folded yeah i i didn't recognize anyone in the mm. cast at all have you seen um centipede horror i have not ah, okay. I, I know mm. i know of it but i've never seen it because this also has one of the actors from centipede horror in it as well mm. but anyway so that was kind of the bit of a warm-up should we just get straight into it sure Let's do it. <laughs> so I'm going to say this has one of the best opening scenes oh, yeah. ever. As soon as it started, I was like, fuck yes, I am going to love this <laughs> film. It is everything I need in a movie. When, can I ask though, when, so you watched this mm. for, for this podcast recently, but mm. when was the first time that you saw this? Uh, I don't even remember so, it, so this is like it, a long time ago you watched this yeah it was i watched um this and centipede horror years back um probably i'm gonna say close to 10 mm. um and then never since but then they have both kind of um just recently had a, a re-release and remaster and re-release and that reminded me of them and i was oh and i thought absolutely perfect for the old potty yeah so uh <laughs> As, so as the first time I saw yeah. them, yeah, it was mm. a long time ago. But then I, I rewatched it twice since then for this. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't even watch this three fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it it started, I was like, oh, okay, I know what I know what this is. Mm. Yeah, I know what kind of film this is. It's great, and it's it's that fucking amazing black magic horror. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I'm not saying anything about the film so far. I'm <laughs> how fucking great it is. So it starts off with some guy in a cave, the dwarf, apparently. We don't know yet, but um, wearing some kind of mask, doing some kind of black magic ritual. There's fire shooting out of his fingers, and there's all these like wacky sound effects and camera oh, angles. The sound effects yeah. are nuts. Right? Like just these like, <laughs> like sounds that every time we see this character. It's or anytime there's any sort of magic or anything, we get mm. these demented sounds. And the angles, they're all like yeah, shot yeah. from like weird corners or like yeah, right wide up in, in the your face. face. Yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. Things are levitating, statues are flying around. I'm um, no idea what's going on, but like this is everything I need in a movie right here. <laughs> it's great. Unfortunately, right off the bat, we see a, a frog get gutted and ripped apart. I, I was going to mention that. Like, it. It's just instantly, like, within the first few minutes, it's like, oh, okay, all right, there's a frog getting killed. Okay, I can see yeah. why... I can see where this is going from this this point on. It yeah. wastes no time with the animal cruelty. But um, that opening sequence is so incredible. And as he's doing all this weird levitating and fire shooting and weird mumbling, there's another group of people from the outside who are also mm. wearing masks. Mm. Kind Heroic of, sorcerers. Ah, uh, that we, we do find out later. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, approaching him, we um, we can kind of guess, I don't know, from outside the cave or the village or something. Anyway, they ambush him, stop whatever wacky ritual that he's doing, and seal him in a tomb mm. um, with all the talismans around yeah. to seal him shut for all eternity, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> End of movie. Roll credits. Roll credits. And Titles. <laughs> Title sequence. Scorpions. Scorpions everywhere. This, this is the most scorpions I've ever seen in a film. <laughs> there are so many fucking scorpions mm. in this film. It's crazy. Mm. And I've got to say, I think 
this film triggered something in me where I'm like, I think I'm scared of scorpions. Like, I know they're, they're like an obvious thing to be scared of, mm. but they really made me feel sick. Mm. I'm going to say straight off the bat, this film really haunted me. I watched it two nights ago. Mm. I had nightmares about this film. Wow. And it made me feel a bit sick to the point that I was at work and saw a cartoon image of like a a snake and then there's some snakes in this mm. later on some like all kinds of gross shit mm. and it made it sent a shiver down my spine because i started thinking about this film again the whole energy of this film mm. after the title sequence it's very it's a very evil film mm. it feels like a haunted film yeah, oh yeah absolutely <laughs> it's 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 wrong yeah <laughs> it's very wrong extremely wrong but actually now that you mentioned that i think you said quite a similar thing after we watched uh, worm eaters as well but Worm Eaters is just dumb mm. and like it's gross and it made me feel sick. Mm. But but this is r- genuinely like up very very upsetting, mm. very like grimly upsetting, and not just the animal stuff, mm. not just the scorpions. Everything in this film has a very unsettling edge to it. It does. It does. Yeah. It feels it like it feels very evil. It's got a yeah. very evil tone. Mm. Yeah, which it should. Yeah. This is a black magic movie. It should feel evil. It's not but like, it, but it feels much more <laughs> evil than like other black magic films I've seen. Mm. So comparing this to yeah other Hong Kong films from this time, this, maybe because it's lower budgeted, perhaps or just mm. grimier. It just feels like way more yeah wrong and upsetting than any other black magic film <laughs> I've seen. Good stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, our first sequence after the titles, we're introduced to our main character, Stella, who is a reporter from some kind of, like, TV show that presents, like, strange phenomena and mysteries, and she makes them alongside her producer boyfriend. Um, did you get her boyfriend's name, by the way? Uh, I did. I think it was Steven. Steve! I think right. so, yeah. Cool. So, they're kind of just, like, chilling in their apartment, and they're watching, like, the previous episodes of their show. And that's when we learn, like, these guys, they they do a lot of traveling. They go here, there, and everywhere, document weird shit. And they kind of pick up things along the way. Wait, so are they they boyfriend and girlfriend? Yeah. But, so she was constantly trying to fuck him and, like, playing footsies with Mm. him. And he's just like, fuck off, fuck off. He's he's, he's got his mind on work. He really sucks, that guy. He does. Mate, I I don't mind a bit of Stella. She... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right when when he, they're watching back the stuff that they've sh- shot he's like i want more mystical features <laughs> mm, yeah and they also call the the ghost that they're investigating the red dwarf ghost which just made me think of the tv show red dwarf. <laughs> i didn't clock up on that yeah <laughs> so that's it so they're in their apartment and stella finds a statue it, that kind of catches her eye and she's like what's this and he's like, oh, you're so fucking crude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that didn't fucking mean? Apparently, it's the gold ingot Buddha. Mm. And which turns out is connected to the red dwarf ghost that we now know is that weird, wacky thing from the beginning. It's not actually a dwarf. It's not a yeah. dwarf. <laughs> yeah, why couldn't they get a dwarf? I feel I like they made it. such a point of it being yeah. a dwarf, but it's just a regular sized person. But they also kind of forget about the dwarf aspect as it goes on. It, it, it's completely pointless <laughs> yeah, in the story it's, it's as well. Very pointless, yeah. Mm. And apparently, anyway, this red dwarf ghost was buried in a tomb back in 99. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So we get a we get a little bit of a backstory to Did the you initial. Say back in ninety nine. Nineteen nineteen. Back in ninety nine. I think I did say ninety nine. <laughs> And it turns out, like you said, anyway, they're uh, they're trying to, I don't know, Stella's trying to get down with Steve. Mm. And he's like, no, no, we've got to catch a plane tomorrow. Yeah. And where are they going? Borneo. Borneo. To see? The dwarf? The dwarf. Yeah. Red dwarf. Mm. Um, <laughs> so as if no time has passed whatsoever, they pull up to the tomb of the red dwarf as if like it's just the easiest thing to find. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, we're here now. This is where the cursed, the cursed red dwarf is. Like, like nothing. It's like apartment to the tomb. Isn't there a sign that and says this, sign. like tomb, tomb of the witch, nineteen ninety? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the area is like adorned in talismans. And there's a really, like, shitty picket sign that says, Tomb of the Witch, deadly curse, do not enter, no tourists. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they start setting up their f- their shot, and they start filming. She's doing the presenting. And apparently, there we get even more backstory about the dwarf. He was an evil dwarf sorcerer who practiced the most evil sorcery down in that cave and was later killed by four righteous sorcerers. Mm. Mm. But when he died... He made an evil wish, which I'm going to think is cursed, but it's just translated as wish. <laughs> that is, whoever touches him, whoever hurts him, or even laughs at him must die. Laughs at him. You can't <laughs> laugh at the dwarf. <laughs> if you laugh at the evil dwarf, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're doing their, like, intro to the, to the TV show outside the cave, and there's one shitty little measly security guard kind of parks out on a bench who's apparently there to stop people from going inside the tv crew tried to bribe him but he's not having any of it so the producer steve stella's fella he basically tries to distract them to distract the uh security guards whilst the others sneak in but they get stopped and Steve kind of pretends that he's on the security guard side. He's like, what are you doing? I told you don't go down there. You know, come on, let's get out of here. We're going home. And so they all kind of pack up as if like, oh, well, it's all for nothing. They get in their car and then the security guard's like, hey, can you give me a ride back to the city? <laughs> he's like, you're not going to be here? And he's like, no, no, it's nighttime. No one's here at night. <laughs> and it's like, oh, setting it up for him. just give it all away. <laughs> So so Steve's like, yeah, hop in. Of course, they come back at night and they break into the tomb. Mm. Because no one's there at night. It's too spooky. Very spooky. Yeah. And that it is a very spooky tomb. It's actually night. a pretty great tomb. So yeah. what happens next, Dave? So, uh, <laughs> well, while they're in the tomb, one of them feels like pissing. There's a lot of piss in Hong Kong movies. Yeah, I was thinking that because, you know, we were talking about um, Don't Start My Crazy Love mm. for You before. And there's a very... A piss, pissing scene in that, which we absolutely love. Yeah, this this is also a pretty good pissing scene. I thought. Yeah, so want to piss in a tomb, and there's no reason for this no. whatsoever. But he does say, "I feel like pissing," mm. and does a piss in the tomb. The, One the, of the, the, crew- the cursed tomb. Yeah, it's the, the sacred tomb. cursed tomb of the dwarf ghost like why, even if you didn't believe in it why would you do a piss yeah. in a tomb it's like i don't fucking believe in god i'm not gonna go into a church and piss on the altar like doesn't yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly hold your piss in mate come yeah. on and it's quite funny he goes he goes my bladder is full and the other guy goes piss off then <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so two of them are taking a piss on the sacred cursed tomb, and they find the coffin yeah. in this creepy old ass cave. The coffin is covered in sacred talismans, but they're not fussed. They start filming, and they remove the lid from the coffin, and immediately a plume of red smoke comes out. If I was these guys, I'd be really worried that I was getting gassed to death right? by, by that shit. Yeah. And they're all just like, oh, fuck, keep filming. <laughs> There's all this purple, noxious gas that's yeah. coming out, spraying them in the faces. Like, yeah, you would have think, you would have thought, like, at least you would run the fuck out of there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Not to mention probably being cursed, which they are. It's like... Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a recent thing, um, but... It made me think of when people find these like old ancient Egyptian tombs, and it's like, don't open the two thousand year old tomb. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. we're already fucking cursed <laughs> enough. Um, anyway, they're filming. They film the plume of smoke come out. They ain't fussed. And then inside the um, the coffin is the bones and mask mm. of the the red dwarf ghost. The red dwarf ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's kind of it. They're like, fuck yeah, it, we, we did, did it. it. Done. We got what we came for. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So Stephen heads back to Hong Kong. Mm. And uh, Stella and the rest of the crew, they're going to... Like, I, I didn't quite understand why, but they're going... They, they don't go back to Hong Kong. Mm. They're going to like a local village. Yeah. So that's it. Steve's like, I'm going to go back to Hong Kong, get this process. You kind of hang out and enjoy the sights mm. for like two weeks for some reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of at this point where I was like, oh, no. Like, I can see we're going to get a lot of, like, horrible shit in this film. Just mm. when I think it, it's, you know, it's the same with, like, Cannibal Holocaust and those sort of Italian cannibal films. They're mm. all shot in places where mm. there's kind of no rules as to what they can do. Mm. And the moment you see all that footage where they arrive at the village, it, it feels, like, quite... Ugh, it's, yeah. it's unsettling because you're like, oh god, we're going to see a whole bunch of horrible shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent agree. And, and the, sorry, the second that she arrives, right? I shouldn't be laughing at this because it's horrible. But the moment she that Stella arrives at this village, hmm. a village is like, yeah, you got to kill a pig as you arrive. Yeah, it's like a tradition, kill a pig, and she's forced to just stab a pig. Yeah, it's fucked. It's awful. It's absolutely. Fucked. What? Do, imagine that. Imagine you've gone to this village. <laughs> Just to do some sightseeing. And someone's like, oh, yeah, you got to kill a pig before you enter the... Yeah, <laughs> but she, the she, she's like, yeah, all right. She's kind of a bit grossed out by it, but she she doesn't put up much of a struggle. Mm. Just goes for it. That, sequ- that, that... There's a little bit of a sequence prior to the pig killing, but where it's like a kind of barrage of information about the island or the village and yeah, its yeah. culture. Mm. And it's like, we have the freshest rice and we, we do this dance. And then if you do this, you have good luck. And then you can sing with the village chief and, you know... And it's like, it's like it does. Campaign. It feels yeah. like some weird kind of tourist and culture information center have made this weird fucking video. <laughs> but it's like, as you said, it feels very, very local, like almost too local. Yeah. Where it doesn't feel like a movie anymore. It feels like you're watching something a little bit too, like, like yeah. too, too up and close and personal. Like exploitative and mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, so they step off the uh, the boat and they meet the village chief. He's yeah. a, a big, big part in this movie. And uh, but still, it's like this fucking barrage of information about mm. the village. And 
and it's like you know you got to wave a chicken in the air for good fortune <laughs> and then you got to spear a pig in the neck for good luck and then and then so she gets given a spear and fucking stabs this pig who's like mm-hmm. i don't know it was like he's like under the boardwalk or something yeah, it was really know. fucking upsetting she didn't it didn't work either she didn't get any good luck from that maybe it was a bad luck pig <laughs> could have been <laughs> And yeah, but it was it was just very upsetting. But there was, and then all the other like members of the film crew as well. They they're all like men, right? Yeah. yeah. And then we kind of get introduced to this yeah. weird, like what's supposed to be the kind of comedy factor the subplot of this fucked up movie, which <laughs> is apparently uh, trial marriages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah the crew, <laughs> especially these two guys in particular, right? Mm. Are just gagging. To yeah. to just shag anyone mm. that, that is in the village, basically, yeah. yeah. And apparently, you can fuck one of the village girls for three nights as a trial marriage, and if it doesn't suit you, you can get up and leave. And so they're they're down for these trial marriages, <laughs> so, which is the weird weird fucking subplot. Yeah, that doesn't go anywhere, really. No, no. Really. I mean. Kind of, it kind of, it's yeah. Mm. <laughs> but is it necessary? No, it's, not, it's definitely not necessary. Yeah, it does add some comic relief though. There was a couple of scenes which I did find quite funny, but it's just just an odd one. Yeah, the trial marriage things. Yeah, so they go into the town. They're having some weird kind of like welcoming party, and they meet the village sorcerer, mm. who's a good sorcerer, nice guy, funky eyebrows. Yeah, and uh, he shakes the hand of Stella, our main girl, and gets, like, an immediate reaction. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of, like, jolts back a bit. They have some sort of connection. And he's like, ah, you have a birthmark on your back. And he's like, I could tell by the fact, you know, from shaking your hand or reading your palm. So he says, not to do with the fact that she's wearing a fucking yeah. strapless short. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. And that's what I was thinking when she goes, yeah, he probably just saw her before and saw the, the birthmark there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking weird. Um, and then, so then we cut to the trial marriage thing. So we've got the these two horny guys just on on the hunt for ladies, and uh, we, we I was kind of baffled by this whole thing. But we we meet this old lady. Oh, that was the fucking best thing. <laughs> I loved that. This old woman who's like clearly dubbed by a, a man as well, which made it funnier. And she's just rambling at them about. Like trial marriages. These two horny guys are like scoping out the rooms, right? And apparently, if the if the uh, the light is on, you can go in and mm. attempt the trial marriage. And so one of them goes inside, and then immediately, for some reason, just shouts herpes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes herpes. She's an old woman, and he gets fucking chased out of this like fucking hut. From this granny who's got like a butcher knife, and she's like, "You're trying to fucking rob me!" And, and oh, is that how that came about? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the old woman dubbed by a guy. Okay, yeah. and uh, I was so confused by all of the this this whole sequence. I was like, "What the so fuck's weird. going on?" It's like so frantically cut together as well. Yeah, and then he's like, "No, no, no! I was just I, I got the wrong room. I'm trying. I'm, I'm I want a trial marriage." And she's like, "Oh." Why didn't you say so? She's like fucking 80 or something. Yeah. And then he's like, oh no, like, don't worry, wrong room, wrong room. And then she says like, no, don't go, I'll lose face. Like, yeah. Which is another thing that comes up in Hong Kong Classic class a Hong lot. Kong. What yeah. does that even mean? You know what it means, right? Yeah, but it's like, but they use it 
yeah, all yeah. the time. I've never actually heard anyone say it was Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think maybe it's just like what they translated mm. it into in the nineties and eighties and nineties, yeah. right? Like uh, any kind of thing relating to honor turns mm. into losing face. Mm. Yeah, it's so fun. Just this like. 80 year old granny with a yeah, bunch that's... of knives on those face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the other guy, he, he gets the right room mm. in the end. Yeah. First, he, <laughs> he doesn't have the right room. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah. So he, he's like in a room. It's kind of, it's a bit harsh, really, the scene, isn't it? It's not like he, he's in there with a, <laughs> a woman who he's not that impressed with. Yeah. She's, she's not the, she's no Stella. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, uh, you know, middle-aged mm. kind of lady. Mm. And uh, he's kind of just trapped in this room, mm. right? And thinks he has to go through with this trial marriage. But then eventually it's revealed it's not actually this lady mm. that the trial marriage is being set up for. Mm. And he's taken into a room with a, a young lady that he goes completely bonkers over. <laughs> and we, we get, like, this... <laughs> absolutely tonally ridiculous moment where so we've had this all this goofy comedy stuff and then suddenly yeah we reveal this young woman and he's completely Mm. smitten with her and then it kind of even though this is a gross moment right Mm. it's just a gross guy taking advantage of of like uh of this sort of situation because the ones who ushered him into that room we can only assume are her parents the mum and dad right that yeah get 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 under the sheet and you know fuck my daughter yeah you know so it's kind of a fucked up setup and then it it just you know cuts into this really romantically shot sex scene basically where he's making out with this this young village girl and yeah, it's like lots of cross d- dissolves and mm, shots really slow and flowy. Yeah, it's fucking weird. And yeah, at that point, I'm like, what? What is this film? <laughs> Why is this scene in there? And there isn't any point to that scene at all, really, is there? Uh, Ultimately, like for the for the overall plot, really. No, no. <laughs> plot wise, no. For a bit of sex relief, yeah. Throw in, throw in sex a- relief. It's horrible. <laughs> Well, apparently that was one. Of, I'll, I'll, I'll talk more on this later. But one of the um, the things that the uh, director was and the scriptwriter was insistent on is it has to be sexy. It has to be gory and it has to be sexy. It's definitely not sexy. This film. There is nothing sexy about this film. <laughs> yeah. So there's after this very odd sex scene. It's the next morning the film crew gather around and find that one of their crew is missing. And it's like, they can't find him in their immediate vicinity. So they're just like, oh my God, he's fucking disappeared. <laughs> like, he's gone. We have to find him. And they're um, like freaking out. It's like, it's a whole fucking village. They've not even looked yet. But <laughs> There's a great subtitle mistake in this bit. Oh yeah. Did you notice it? Where someone's like, it's meant to say like, I'll fetch him, but it says I'll felch him. <laughs> The subtitles of this were fucked. Yeah, it's kind really of hard to make sense of, of everything with mm. the, the subtitles. So they go into the his uh, trial marriage room that he went into, and it's like this old fucking derelict room that's like falling apart. And they find, is it his wallet or something or something of his possessions? Can't remember. And they're like, oh, he was definitely here. Yeah. yeah. And then some weird old fucking man comes along, and he's like, "What are you doing here? This place, you know, no one lives here. Everyone's dead." leave now and then kind of just like 
like staggers off. <laughs> but did you see what he was holding? No. He was holding a human skull. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like it was so like non-apparent. It was there was there was nothing like no focus on it whatsoever. Sure. But like just randomly, he was kind of walking skull. with this human skull, <laughs> and he was like, "Everyone's dead. Get out of here." <laughs> Is that a character we see in other parts no. of the film? No, so just that scene. Yeah, and he's got a human skull. Yeah. And this is actually pretty... The next scene is actually pretty great. I'm sure you'll uh, agree. Properly amazing. Yeah. And th- this film, it's a it's a tough one because it's absolutely fucked and you, you can't really recommend it to almost anyone really because mm. of the animal stuff. But God, there's some like great scenes. So the guy that's missing, we suddenly see him in the bushes, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh shit, there he is. They, they come across him. He's in the bushes. And he's getting dragged through the bushes yeah. at an insanely fast speed. Mm. And, but there's nothing dragging him. It's like a, an invisible force, yeah. right? So he's just zooming through the bushes. And it's a really cool effect, It is, actually. yeah. So he's zooming through and then he smashes into like a body of water mm. of some kind. Like a, I don't know what it is. Like, like a river or lake river or something. pond yeah. something, yeah. Smashes into the, the water and then... His head sort of comes up and it's all completely smashed up, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Bloodied, and his head just starts like banging on the the water on a yeah, rock or something. Yeah, yeah. And then he, he's he's again like getting dragged through the water and his head smashing into things. Doesn't like a tree kind of comes alive? Yeah, yeah. And skewers him. We sort of we yeah. see a bird mm-hmm. again, another animal death, but mm-hmm. like a bird skewered on a tree. With, like, blood dripping down, right? That's a he, little bit later, but yeah, yeah. And then he kind of gets, like... Yeah, like... Oh, that's right, he's he's hung in the he tree, He gets right? kind of, yeah. like, flung up into flung the air. into the tree. And mm. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, and then we see this, like, bloodied bird, right? So, so yeah, he gets flung up into the tree. The film crew are like, what the fuck is going on? Because that, that whole, like, flinging the man in the air, that is insane. Yeah. How the fuck they achieve that is beyond me. Very dangerous, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, and dragging him around through the body of yeah. water and stuff. Nuts. It's quite incredible. So, they're freaking out. One of the guys, he's like, I'm going to go get help. He runs off and he trips... And kind of trips into a tree branch or something, mm, which like causes a bunch of birds to like fly up into right. the air. Yeah, yeah. One of the birds somehow impales itself yeah, yeah. onto like a protruding branch, which causes it to like drip blood down onto the ground, which the earth reacts with. So the earth starts reacting with this blood and starts kind of boiling and foaming blood everywhere. Which I fucking loved. I thought that was yeah, an absolutely that was really great cool. effect. And then that somehow makes like these bamboo trees come alive and stab this other guy in the neck That's with right. the bamboo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also gets like flung up into the sure, air yeah, yeah. by his neck from a fucking bamboo tree. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is going on? That was probably the best scene in the film. I you think. reckon? Yeah. I, well, I mean, there's some crazy stuff later on, but that scene kind of was... You know, the film's been pretty interesting, mm. but that was the first scene that was like, whoa, like, mm. how is this not more widely seen? But I guess it's because of the animal stuff. But so, so, it was also this mm. point where it, I think this film, yeah, I, I'm really surprised about the influence of, what is it, Don't don't Look Now? Don't Know, yeah. Because to me, this felt like a combination of Evil Dead mm. 
Cannibal Holocaust yeah. and even though maybe it was the same year, but Boxes Omen, that kind of classic black magic stuff. I would 100% agree with you. So there's a lot of like Evil Dead Mm. inspired tree stuff. Yeah. Especially later on. But this was the first point where I'm like, oh, this is very Evil Dead. It is very Evil Dead. And yeah, I I would 100% agree. Evil Dead, Cannibal Holocaust, 100%. In other words, it's fucking great. (laughs) That scene, yeah. It's, It's not my favorite scene, but when I saw that, for the first time, it blew my mind. I love all that, like, trick photography and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely it's, incredible. It's definitely the first scene that made me, like, actually sit up and be like, oh, okay, maybe this is actually worth watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before that, I was interested, but I'm like, oh, that this is really impressive. It is. Yeah. It's not all just fucking animals getting killed. There's yeah. actually some really impressive stuff going on here. So, anyway, we go back to Hong Kong. Stephen, re- he's uh, revisiting the footage. Um and then we kind of get that first kind of documentary within the movie kind of thing, which is very reminiscent of Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's re-watching the scene of them opening up the coffin and the smoke coming out. And he can see the, the red dwarf figure inside the smoke. Mm. And he's like, fuck, what the hell is this? We need to get them back. They don't come back. <laughs> It's a very quick, very short-lived moment, that scene. Yeah. It's like, quickly, back to Hong Kong, watch this thing. Then we go back to the village with Stella. Stella has kind of taken the task of, like, finding the murderer. She's like, two people have died. I've got to find the murderer. I can't leave here. I'm not going anywhere. And then we have, like, our tea ceremony type thing where all the villagers and the people gather around and... and oh, yeah, this <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's quite fucking amazing. So they're they're all talking, and you know, there's a, there's actually another character in here that who we get to know, who's kind of like the um, who's the guy who is the 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 bridge between the local people and the Hong Kong people. He can speak he, both their languages. Yeah, he's basically the hero of the he film. Is. But you only really start to notice him here. Yeah, uh, Lao. Lao is his name. Yeah. So is he? I I wasn't quite sure. Was so he's not. A f- is he a film crew he's member? Not. No, he's just like a kind of translator of some kind or... I'm not sure. I thought he was in the... Vi- I just thought he happened to be one of the guys who could speak both the languages right, and right. was living in the village. So yeah. he kind of was that kind of like bridge between the two cultures. Sure, for, sure. For and he's kind of like the nice guy. He, mm. he's, he's the nice guy, isn't he? Yeah. And like I said, the hero of the film. Has a lot of romantic tension with well, Stella. Well, that's it. That's it. You know, Steven's not around. Mm. Lau and Stella mm. getting down. They seem like a better couple. Yeah, Steven seems like a bit of a dick. He did. And he had a he had a really dodgy beard. Yeah, fuck Steven. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so they're all talking. And meanwhile, whilst this fantastic tea party is going on. Fantastic tea party. <laughs> I don't even know if they're drinking tea. <laughs> scorpions start to crawl mm. across the roof and in the rafters of the apartment they're on. One of them drops down and lands on Stella's arm, oh. which to her natural reaction yeah. is to just fucking fling, fling it, it off. off. Yeah, of course, it's a fucking scorpion. You're not going to be like, oh, keep that on me. Hey, little guy, what you doing there? No, you'd be like, whoa. <laughs> and, um, and it only... Can I just say, before we get <laughs> yeah. to where it goes after that, right before... The scorpion falls down and lands on her. The the chief village chief mm. guy. I think he calls himself the house master. Yeah. But yeah, he he's going on about his son. 
He's like, yeah, my son Rumbang. His son's name's Rumbang. So like, yeah, Rum Rumbang. He's gonna sort it out. He's gonna find these guys. That you know, he's gonna find out who killed these guys. He's really talking up his son. I feel like that's important context. It's the first time we've met. Yes, his son. And, and they didn't. I I could be wrong, but I don't think they even cut to Rumbang when. He was talking up his son. I don't think they actually cut away to him, which makes what happens even funnier. And what happens there? So basically, yes, the scorpion falls down, lands on Stella, her natural reaction. She freaks out, flings it off. It flies off and lands on... Lands on Rum Rumbang's arm, the yeah, sun, and instantly stings him. And then the, the village chief... Yeah runs over and just chops his own son's arm off. And yeah. he's like, sorry, mate, had to do it. Yeah. You'll be, be, be poisoned, you yeah. know? But instantly, like, the second he does that, he chops chops his own son's arm mm. off, Rumbang, who he loved, bloody loves Rumbang. <laughs> and then he looks over to Stella like, you fucking yeah. bitch. There's How instant bad like, blood there. Instantly, yeah. he's like, fuck you. And he, yeah. he's so pissed off. But it wasn't her fault. No, man. no, no. But that's like, Immediately, he he's got it out for Stella. Now he's like, yeah. "You fucker, you're the reason I had to cut my son's arm off." <laughs> but yeah, it's right off the bat. He's like, "No," like he hates her. You can see it in his eyes. He's absolutely livid. Yeah. He's not pleased at it's, all. It's quite hilarious. Do we see Rumbang much after I that? I don't think he comes he, back. Actually, yeah, he he might be. Maybe he's just lurking about with his chief, arm. Yeah, with his arm hanging off or but, gone. Like you said, it's not uh, hanging off. Not hanging off. It's well gone. <laughs> like you said about like the, the influence from other films, like this is pure Cannibal Holocaust, where sure. the guy gets his leg cut off after oh, yeah, being yeah, of he gets bit by the snake, doesn't he? In Cannibal Holocaust, right? And I, I immediately remember, he gets yeah, his leg cut yeah. off. Yeah. And it's, is it right after this as well? The the village sorcerer shows up uh, at Stella's mm, door, her yeah, hut or wherever she's staying. And um, gives her a peace mask. Peace mask. To protect her. That looks pretty fucking terrifying, by the way. <laughs> yeah, was that was that mask the same mask that the righteous sorcerers were wearing in the first scene? No, it was different. different. mask. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's basically to protect her, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love, like, just the, the village chief. He's actually probably my favourite character in this because he's such a bastard. <laughs> and he's, he's instantly, he's, like, furious at Stella. <laughs> And, yeah, goes over to the sorcerer. He's like, yeah, I, I suspect that, you know, she's behind all of this yeah. bad luck that's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. She, she's the villain here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, Scorpius, bad omens. It's yeah. all Stella's fault. What are we going to do about it? Yeah. But sorcerer, he's on Stella's side. He's like, no, it can't be her. It's got to be someone else. Yeah. Who, who else could it be? Yeah, who else was at that fantastic... What did you call it? <laughs> fantastic tea party? What did you call it? A fabulous tea party. <laughs> who else was at that fabulous tea party? And it turns into a bit of a little mystery, right? Like, who was at yeah. the tea party? <laughs> They've got to go through all the people that were there. But very but, quickly, they're yeah. just like, oh, is that that maid? It's that the maid. It's like, oh, it's got to be the maid. She served the drinks. It must be her. And the chief's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Just totally. And what do they do? Fucking sacrifice her to the gods. Yeah. It's like, oh, the maid was there. It's got to be her fault. Sacrifice her, for, sacrifice her to the gods. Can't be helped. And then that's when we get the absolute most abhorrent uh, scene awful. ever and it is so 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 upsetting that i i couldn't watch it 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 was honestly 
it was so awful mm. that I was almost numbed to it because mm. it was just so fucked. But yeah, we be- it, there's no reason there's no for, the, for, for this, but we just get basically a montage mm. of a whole lot of pegs being really horribly stabbed and yeah. killed and it's awful i'd say it's the second worst animal scene in this there's one that i would argue oh, is worse God, yeah. that i had forgotten about until this point oh. now but yeah so basically we just see a whole bunch of pigs getting chopped a bits basically it's so long yeah it's, and, and it's so loud it's it's so so upsetting yeah it's it's really bad it's um i would say as bad if not worse than anything in cannibal holocaust oh, i would say it's definitely worse yeah and uh, we've we've talked about cannibal holocaust on mm. this before and this is a little bit of maybe dodgy territory i'm mm. moving into now but i don't think it's good to kill animals in any film but mm. cannibal holocaust it's a really well-made film mm. whether you know you like it or not like it is quite effective in what it's doing oh yeah this film, the animal stuff, doesn't feel like it has any connection to anything. Mm. It's just like, here you go, there's some pigs getting killed, yeah. and now on with the movie. So it feels just like a little... It, it feels more exploitative than than any other kind of animal yeah. killing thing I think I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was, that was the a, a really awful scene. To very, very upsetting. And I hate that it's in this film. It doesn't does not need to be like in you there. Said, it doesn't need to be in here. And it's and it's just so long, there's so many pigs. And pigs are great, I fucking love pigs. I don't want to see pigs get killed. Yeah. Uh and it's just, oh it's just it's you know Yeah. Most upsetting I think it's probably the most upsetting animal death I've seen in or death sequence I've seen in a film like ever. There's another bit in this that's worse in a more like in a disgusting kind yeah. of way, but this is more upsetting yeah yeah i think it's the sound yeah yeah it's just it's just so yeah you can see like the fear of the animals and and stuff like that yeah don't kill animals rotten oh fuck anyway moving swiftly on we're at the human sacrifice so Mm. the maid who is apparently the cause of all these scorpions satali was her name i believe they've dragged her out Mm. um by maybe her hair or something. She's screaming and flailing her arms. Don't they also uh, smash up some chickens in this scene as well? They're just, like, murdering chickens randomly? Oh, fuck, yeah, they are. Because it's, like, you've had the pig stuff, which I think is, like, you're, like, so overwhelmed by that. There was a lot that I didn't understand in this scene, actually. It's because they kept chaotic. talking about, like, the the heavenly bird and stuff as well, which I didn't know what the fuck was going yeah, on with that. Um, so they kind of dragged her off to this altar... Um, the maid and all the villagers are gathered around and then there's that kind of conflict between the Hong Kong camera crew and the local villagers but in the Hong Kong camera crew's point of view like this is their tradition their how they put it a very primitive tribe and this is how they deal with things and so they can't really do much about it unfortunately they have to kind of like sit and watch while this poor woman gets dragged to an altar left there, and they're told by the village chief that once the heavenly bird sets off, she'll die. No idea what that means. But they yeah. say it a few times. I was confused by that. They just sort of set her up on this altar and then mm. leave, right? Mm. Yeah. And even though the camera crew are kind of 
there and they kind of have to just sit and witness, they come back at night. They think, fuck this, we're going to rescue her. Mm. So they come back in the night, uh, in the night, and they, what, they rescue the girl. They capture her. She she looks very... She she looks like very dehydrated. That's the word I'm and, looking for. <laughs> yeah, quite, quite a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Even though... It, I don't think it's been that long, but... Anyway. I think it was just a few hours. <laughs> yeah, it's like been 30 minutes. She's dying. And, yeah. But they get stopped by the chief. Instantly. He, he is. Does he have Rumbang with him? I, he's, with, he's got someone else with him. Is that Rumbang? With I don't know. Him? It could be. Surely Rumbang's not doing well at this point. He must be recuperating somewhere. Maybe it's another son. I don't know. <laughs> Where's Rumbang? I want his story. Yeah. And he's he's fucking furious. Mm. He's like, like, come over here right now. And she kind of like waddles over with her last bit of human strength. And he just fucking starts beating her. To which point, nice guy Lau steps up to the chief. And he's like, look, sacrifices in your culture. Yeah, come on, mate. But beating people, that's against human rights. You've killed a lot of pigs today. You don't need to to kill anyone else. Come on, mate. He's like, leave it out, mate. (laughs) Leave it out. <laughs> and fucking chief is livid. Mm. He's had enough. He's like, "How dare you? I'm the fucking chief." The chief's having a rough time through this film. I don't feel like anyone really respects him as the chief. No, he's not a very <laughs> effective chief. Is he? he? He reminds me of a kind of salary man boss <laughs> at like a shitty company, right? <laughs> Someone who just like throws random weight around yeah, yeah, and like yeah. Yeah, shouts at people for no reason. <laughs> yeah. So there's like this constant like bad air between the Hong mm-hmm. Kong camera crew and the local villagers, but mainly because the chief just fucking hates everyone. Yeah, and he doesn't kind of get his own way, and that pisses him off even more. He's also kind of at this point now retargeted his anger back towards Stella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, mate, no, she's she's the bad one. She's she's the devil. And then here is where we get my fucking favorite scene. This scene is the bubble bath scene. <laughs> well, the, the scene that follows on okay. from the bubble bath, but um, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, come so, on! This scene is yeah. So Stella so is in a bubble bath for some reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, having a bubble bath, and uh, Lao comes over, mm. and she gets out of the bath, and blood is dripping down. Mm. So, am I writing? Assuming she's on, yeah. Her period. Oh, oh, you said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it was, right? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure if I was missing something else, but yeah. So blood is is dropping on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And again, we get that bubbling effect. Yeah, of the blood on the ground there. And the next part is your favorite part. It's just so good. Well, you, you can talk about it. It's just it's your favorite so, part. So <laughs> so good. Oh my god. This next part is is the most Evil Dead part for me as 100%. well. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, like you said, so so Lau is now in the cabin. She's kind of dropped her pyre of blood all over the floor, and the floor is reacting. It starts kind of foaming up, and and things start to get a little bit supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the lights kind of blow up. A net drops down from the ceiling and yeah. captures Lau, mm. and and it's, it's all slow almost, motion. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost as if there's like a typhoon within the room. Winds blowing around, they can't stand up. He gets blown out the fucking window. Yeah. <laughs> the window. Yeah, he's like trying to hold on to the, yeah. the frame. He's getting blown out. Yeah. And then, but it's full on like legs like fly flailing up in yeah, the air yeah. whilst he's like hanging on for dear life. 
then Stella gets caught in the net and she's flailing her arms and legs around and she kind of falls back onto her bed which is made out of like this bamboo frame which then starts to kind of distort and hold her into like this kind of like it's almost like a rack isn't it so it creates like an x shape which spreads her legs out and locks her head into place which was the most evil daddy moment the leg Mm. bit reminded me so much of that infamous scene from Evil Dead. Yeah, 100%. But then not only that, she's kind of getting like flipped around on this rack. It's kind of like walking as well. Yeah, it's so nuts. It's so good. But meanwhile, the way that it's been filmed is really like perverse. (laughs) It's like shot from like between her legs and the bamboo and the net is like squeezing her tits together. So it's like this weird kind of like erotic torture scene when she's getting like flared about the room, flipped around sides and backwards and upside down. It's absolutely amazing. I guess that's what the producer meant when he said he wanted a sexy film. (laughs) Yes, but it's so good. I love all this trick photography. It's just so, so amazing. And then we kind of, it kind of like throws her up against the wall. And the the axis of the X starts to widen, which makes her legs spread out more, which then causes her, like, dress to start to rip. And then out of nowhere, like, a candle slides across the room, dead center between her legs. Mm. And the candle, like, it's like a lantern. The glass is broken, so it's like this shard of glass pointing up towards her. Why are you looking at me? Her thing. (laughs) Her bits. Her bits. Her bits. (laughs) (laughs) And and every moment the X is widening, which is causing her to drop down Mm. slower. Getting closer and closer. And it's just so intense. But then all of a sudden, the peace mask that the sorcerer Mm. brought over flies off the wall onto the period blood on the floor and just explodes everywhere it explodes that was an insane sentence that you just said there the peace mask (laughs) flies across the room lands on the period blood and explodes (laughs) that's how good this fucking film is you don't get that in a marvel movie you don't imagine if you did what would you do iron Iron man Man. <laughs> oh, oh, it hell. was just so good, so good. And that's not where it ends though. Because then a fucking scorpion grows out of her birthmark on her shoulder. Oh. Yeah, there's a there's actually kind of a body horror kind of mm. element to this as well, which we see more later mm. as well that really creeps me out involving bodies and scorpions. But yeah. <laughs> but that whole scene, oh my god, it was just just incredible. Yeah, it's a really amazing scene. Like, I mean, it's pure Evil Dead, but oh my god. It's Evil Dead, but it's it's crazier. Mm. Much, much, much crazier. Mm. And yeah, it it's nuts. It, it's just nuts. The only way you can say it, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. But all, all, all the stuff of her just being like flung around the room on this rack and the flips and the twizzles. And, oh. I mean, that that's like 10 out of 10. Yeah. 100%. Cut that scene, make it a short film. Oh. 10 out of 10 short film. <laughs> no context. 
Probably not really required, really. I, I enjoyed this a lot more than the Evil Dead scene, <laughs> the original. <laughs> Even though this is like a homage to that, I actually enjoyed this a lot more. It's it's way more wild yeah. and energetic, I mm. would say. I remember um, Sam Raimi often mentioned about how much he regrets making that scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he always talks about that. So the tree mm. rape scene. Yeah. I think he was very young, extremely young when he mm. made that film, like 20 or something, right? Mm. And it is a scene that probably didn't need to be in the film. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very exploitive. And I guess in, in a film like Evil Dead, it does feel somewhat out of place because just it is so exploitive. Yeah. But in a film like this, which is just pure oh, exploitation, yeah. it's like this is the best <laughs> fucking scene. Uh, I was I was high high I was on Cloud Nine watching this. <laughs> Do you often say that phrase? <laughs> Only when I watch this. <laughs> I feel like you've used Cloud9 in almost every podcast. We should go back and check. So, do I say that? Yeah, but you don't say because it outside I, of this. Right? No. I yeah. only say it when we do this podcast. It's on bloody Cloud9, mate. It's my cream and cheese. <laughs> that's another one you say, which is... I don't think that's a phrase. I, I, I like making phrases. So then we cut to the next scene, and this is the most upsetting scene. The worst scene. Yeah, the the pig scene is more distressing in some ways, but this is the grossest scene. hundred percent. Yeah, go ahead. Where we have... I don't even know the context for this, but there's the an old man. Mm. Who Who is this guy? No idea. No idea, mate. But he's talking to the old uh, village chief. Yeah. And then it seems like he suddenly gets possessed. Yeah, he he's possessed. His face has gone all green. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and he grabs a a chicken yeah. from somewhere. <laughs> I can't I laugh. Can't. Don't laugh. No, I don't. I don't want to laugh. But it's fucked up. He just starts eating the chicken. Yeah. While it's alive. Yeah. And it is gross. Mm. Gross for every everybody involved, and just like disgusting to see this chicken. Basically, he's like biting into it, and, like ripping its guts out mm. and stuff. It's really gross. And again, goes for a long time and is totally irrelevant to anything. It is. It is. I couldn't even, I can't even remember like who who that guy is or what that has no. to do with anything. Can you imagine being that fucking actor? Yeah. You know, and you that, know, we want that's... you to like eat a fucking live chicken and eat his guts out. Yeah. That's the other thing that adds to the exploitiveness of this. Cause mm. I, I'm sure that guy would have just been a local in mm. Borneo that they've, you know, paid to do this, mm. which is very grim. Not a fun scene. No, no. Moving swiftly on. Don't don't eat chickens. Um, We're going to eat some chicken after this, though. Not, not live chicken. So then we cut to um, a mass scorpion oh, attack on a family in the night. Hell. So we get dozens of fucking scorpions oh. rampaging through oh. the houses of this sweet little village that we've grown to know and love. They're such gross scorpions as well. I guess all, all scorpions are, but they're just... Ugh. Like black ones. Like, Big, like, gigantic. Yeah. Ugh, like, ugh, very creepy. Yeah. And but it's kind of that scene is kind of over very quickly. It's like, yeah. But they're kind of like flooding in through the windows and stuff. And we cut to the next morning very quickly. And... <laughs> <Wait>. uh, <laughs> hey? Dude, is it doesn't... 
one of the guys that's been attacked, like he is this in the morning where his, his wound just like yeah, spurts yeah, 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 blood. Yeah, yeah. So so the villagers like, oh well, we heard some commotion, we need to go check on them and they find the the family who are kind of like I don't know, stung to death by scorpions. And, yeah. Yeah. And then what happens? <laughs> what, one of them, don't we just, like, we see his wound, right? Yeah. And it just, like, projectiles spurts out blood. <laughs> and then that's that's it, right? Yeah. And then they've got him run out, like, oh, fuck. But that's, but that's basically got Stella back on the chief's radar. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, oh, scorpions, it's a fucking scorpion pandemic. Fucking Stella. It's all Stella's fault. Stella and her scorpions. Yeah. And then we get another fucking nut scene of a mm. cockfight. Yeah, which is again goes for ages and it's it's in slow motion mm. the, yeah these uh chickens fighting it's quite like, i i had never actually seen any footage of a cockfight like i've of course know about the concept of it i know it's a thing but i'd never actually seen it mm. you know or any footage of it so actually for me that was actually quite interesting to witness there's a really good french film mm. that centers on cockfights actually mm. uh from the early 90s called the English titles No Fear No Die okay I think this is one where no animals were hurt because it's like a you know not a big budget film but it's a more main not a mainstream film but you know you know what I mean it's not this mm, mm, it's not Red mm. Spell Spells right <laughs> um, and yeah that was like quite an interesting and disturbing look into cockfight so right. if, if this piqued your interest <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't but it was just one of those things that it's something you know for me I've never seen cocks fighting, chickens fighting. It's just, mm. it's not something you see day-to-day life. And even when you thing. go to like a farm, because like in England, we, we hang out in farms all the time. Like, yeah, and the chickens aren't fighting And they don't fight. Each other. Yeah. So, so to see like the actual chicken fight things like that you do hear about, it was actually quite an interesting thing to watch for me. But it, yeah, again, it is very exploitive. I am no cockfight expert, but I think, I could be wrong, but I think during cockfights, they like, hook a like extra like spike kind of thing onto their feet so when they're i I could be wrong but that's my memory from that film that i watched that french film right but i was was surprised to see how like actual actually vicious they are when they fight yeah yeah chickens like you you kind of think of them as kind of gentle yeah like fluffy little things laying eggs about yeah lay a couple of eggs lay a couple of of eggs (laughs) hanging about the farm (laughs) eat some feed Lay yeah. an egg, cock-a-doodle-doo, be on your way. That's it. I didn't expect them to fight. Angry cocks. And... <laughs> Stella. So, yeah, she's hanging out with um, old mate that was rescued, right? Oh, the village girl. Yeah, Satali. Right. Yeah, they're hanging out, having a chat. They're best mates now. Yeah, and then this scene is pretty great. So the cockfight's still going on. She, Stella comes over and watches the cockfight. And then some amazing <laughs> shots here of all the chickens are just like... <gasps> and they're all... All the chickens turn to face her. Yeah. And they're all staring at her. And they all start attacking her. Yeah. It's, that's a pretty great moment. All, all those hilarious. close-ups of the chickens. <laughs> just like turning their heads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. And so she runs off, but she leaves scorpions in her trail. Yeah, dropping and scorpions left, right, and center, mate. That's it. And so the the locals like she's, she's a trail fucking... of scorpions. She does. She does. So the locals like that's her. That's the fucking scorpion lady. Let's get her. Get her. So they chase her down, and they chase it into a river where it gets very, it's very unnecessarily erotic. I think he's just got an eye for this stuff because I didn't notice what was erotic about that. What? 
<laughs> it's like, well, she's in a river, right? She's wearing this these tiny little white pants and this this like uh, a white shirt which goes very see-through very quickly uh. and it's just like her fucking massive tits flopping around with a see-through dress <laughs> but I was being chased by men with fucking spears <laughs> which goes back to what the <laughs> <laughs> like the whole fucking film from here on was her in see-through clothes was it? yes you were busy looking at the scorpions. Yeah, I was too distracted by the disgusting scorpions to notice <laughs> Stella's see-through shirt. Jesus. Anyway, so she's like fl- frolicking through the river. <laughs> she's not frolicking. She's been running for her fucking life. You also use the word frolicking quite a lot. <laughs> frolicking is a great word. Use it a lot in the last episode. <laughs> what was it the last episode? Fuck Spuddy. Oh, they were, they were frolicking. They were frolicking. Mate, anyone doing something in a river is yeah. frolicking. They're frolickers. <laughs> Any, they're... <laughs> anyone doing something in a river is frolicking. What if you're fucking fishing? What if you're in a boat? Oh, no, that's you're different. Fishing? That's different. What if you're in a boat, you, you're not in a fucking you, river, are you? Well, all right. What if you're... What if you've got you're in the water fishing? Because yeah. some people do that. If you you're do, frolicking. If, if you do a little bit of a splash, if you're splashing about in that's the river, a that's a frolic. But according to you, any what was it? Anybody. Doing anything, anything in a river is frolicking. For, for what my, if you're What if you're murdering a man in a river? Are you frolicking? Ah, uh, maybe. Doing a poo in the river, frolicking. Depends how much you move. If you're like, <laughs> if you like, fling your butt around. <laughs> frolic. Do a little fro- like rivers. The place to frolic in. She's not frolicking. She's being. She's running for her life. Well, she should wear some more clothes then, because she was basically naked. It's not her fault. She's in a village. Wow. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Anyway, the locals catch up to her and try to grab her. And as they grab her, they rip off a bit of her clothing, mm. which, again, makes the whole scene <laughs> ever so much more. <laughs> <laughs> but... Inside the clothing is scorpions. Bloody scorpions. Bloody scorpions. Who would have thunk it? They kind so, of sort of give up at that point. Oh, yeah, well, too many for me. Yeah, man. They've had One enough. too many scorps for me, mm. sir. So that's it. They're done. They've had enough. They leave Stella to go frolic on her own. And she runs off. Mm. The next scene is very funny. Oh, go ahead. I'm exhausted. You talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> Stephen... If that's his name. I think so. I think that's his name. Uh, so the boss, or the boyfriend, whatever Yeah, the producer guy. Producer, yeah. He's back in Hong Kong, and he's re-watching that footage mm. uh, over and over of the... So the smoke pluming out, and mm. then you see the dwarf ghost. And he's watching it up. It's been enlarged, although it, it looks the same size to me. As he's watching it, the, the uh, image when he's looking at the film, so he looks at the film mm. itself mm. and the ghost is not on the film, mm. right? He's like, mm. where the fuck is it? But then he looks at it on the screen and the ghost is, is there yeah. in the smoke. And then suddenly the film stock becomes possessed <laughs> and it starts like, so on the, the video that he's watching or on the screen that he's watching, it starts sort of, you know, the footage is changing and like coming to life basically. And then the actual film reel mm. starts attacking him and tangling him up. Yeah. And then, what do you call that thing? So the thing that, the spool, like the film yeah, spool yeah, kind of thing yeah, that yeah, it's, yeah. it's wound onto. And he's like, it pushes. 
pushes. So he gets sort of his hand gets like wrapped up in the the reel of film, put onto the spool, and it's like spinning and mashing up his hand, like just basically scraping his hand into mm. a tiny little hand. <laughs> It's so gory. Yeah, it's really gory, but also ridiculous. Like, mm. it's not like the, you know, the more grubbier kind of gross violence we've seen before. It's very silly. It's very big. It, feels, movie, it yeah. feels very Italian. It feels like late Fulci kind of <laughs> level of, of silliness, of gore. But then, it's like, it's not real. Mm. So, he's it, like, someone, like, another a film crew guy comes in, mm. and he's just... <laughs> He's just all zoned out. It was all just a dream. And it was a dream, yeah. yeah and yeah, his, yeah. his hand is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was the end of Stephen, but he's all right. I wish it was the end of Stephen, <laughs> so Stella and Yao could fucking hook up. Yeah. Because he's bad. the real hero. Yeah. Whilst we're on the subject, did you clock the uh, centipede horror poster? No, I didn't. Yeah, is so that that's in the background of that scene? It's like in the fucking foreground. Right. It's so like in your face. Yeah, whilst um, Steve is getting like wrapped in film, <laughs> the assistant's like banging on the door trying to get in, and right in the foreground, there's a massive <laughs> centipede horror poster. Fuck, that's pretty yeah, funny. Like really in your face. <laughs> the next part really upset me quite a lot. So mm. now we're very graphically seeing scorpions mm. crawling out of Stella's body. Oh, we're in the cave now. Yeah. Mm. So she she's like basically like hiding in the cave, right? She's at her wit's end. She's frazzled. <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny. She's at her wit's end. <laughs> she's fucking frazzled. That's she not is, a joke. She is frazzled. Yeah. And all these yeah, scorpions are crawling out of her body and it is fucking disgusting. Mm. And that really gave me nightmares that that scene it, it's awful but not it's not that's not even the worst part so they're like crawling out of her body and she's smashing them with rocks oh uh, yeah just like her, for ages ages just mm. a scorpion getting smashed up mm. for, like it's so grim mm. and disgusting in that yeah that whole sequence it, is yeah she gross. it's 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 actually i mean it's an effective scene yeah, it is like she's she's actually does the role really well. She's really kind of like clearly at her yeah, wits. That was something I really felt in in this scene and all the way to the end. Really, it's very impressive mm. how these actors mm. managed to get through this, like covered in scorpions. Mm. I would be shitting my pants. Yeah, um, yeah. She's in this like damp old cave, like covered in water and mm. like, like clearly wet with scorpions all around her. She's just like freaking out. Is it also around here we cut to... Is it members of the crew mm. that are out and about, I guess, trying to help her? Yeah, and they right? kind of get killed off. Yeah, and they're mm. getting attacked by the trees. At one point, a leaf, like, <laughs> sticks to the, one of the guy's faces and kind of, like, rips his skin off. It's yeah. all, like, stuck to him. Yeah, yeah. It's quite great. I like that. And then the villagers are also kind of on the hunt for, for Stella as well, right? Mm. And they, yeah, come in to kill her in this yep. cave. And the village chief comes in and just is 
instantly like covered in scorpions right that's, like, that's where we find out that she has the scorpion power yeah yeah so she's she's kind of yeah got this it's like yeah, this like one mind that's thing. right yeah. yeah she can control all the scorpions which is great like when the hell did that happen i don't know it's so, just randomly introduced at yeah, this point it's like there's like it's feel like no one really kind of thought to think of why things happen in this film they just like wrote them in but um yeah she can control or command the scorpions and as the village chief is approaching Sella to kill her, the scorpions will drop down from the ceiling and sting him yeah, to yeah. death. And I was really impressed with him in particular, because when he's dead, mm. he's like just got scorpions crawling over his face. Doesn't flinch Ooh. at all. Doesn't not like he it's amazing yeah. how he, he managed to do that because that is fucked up. Yeah, that that's that was I think that's probably the first scene where we get scorpions crawling over the face. It's very upsetting. Although it is not the last scene no. of that. <laughs> from this and point, it it's just a scorpion. It's a relentless scorpion fest from mm. this point on. So nice guy, Lau. He employs the help of the sorcerer to help yeah. Stella. He's like, we've got to help her. She's in a fucking cave. We've got to do something. <laughs> she's, she, we, she's in a fucking cave. So then we get like... This fucking barrage of information forced yeah. on a bus as the viewer, which is supposed to somehow explain everything that's happened in this film so far. Is this the grandfather stuff? Oh, yeah. it's so baffling. And it also, to me, made me go like, wait, so does this now supersede all the red dwarf ghost stuff? <laughs> yeah. Because suddenly the sorcerer is like, all right, so yeah, I'm your granddad. Um... <laughs> And yeah, like a uh, Hong Kong guy came to the village. He um, knocked up your mum, and then went back, and your mum put a curse on you. And I'm like, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what the fuck? Like, mm. what, what is any of this stuff? It's, <laughs> and it's really quick. It's like it's like an entire film rapid, rapid trying to be explained in like twenty <laughs> yeah. seconds. Yeah, yeah. And so, oh, I only went back to Hong Kong and left you, and now, and now I put a curse on her, and now I'm getting, you know, cursed for the curse that I put on him, and, you know, I just got to deal with it now. <laughs> but it, it, it felt so irrelevant as well. Or not irrelevant, but, like, it was creating a new story where it didn't need it, because it already had this, the dwarf stuff. Like, what the fuck? Well, I what, think... What was the connection? Well, I, that's I it. I think the only connection is the scorpions, but they're actually two separate plots. So I think we have the plot of the dwarf... Well, ghost red yeah. dwarf ghost and then we have the plot of Stella being cursed yeah and I think they're actually separate but show very similar themes <laughs> very confusing yeah so it's really confusing but the two don't actually really cross over that much right you can totally have one without the other and it mm. wouldn't really make any difference right like if you were to say have um the whole, like, scorpions being born from her body as part of the curse from opening the tomb, I would totally get that. It would be yeah, fucking yeah. perfect. Could have just been that. But instead, they made it into this other thing of, like, her dad being cursed yeah, from... Yeah. Oh, God, it makes no fucking sense. It was so, so unnecessary. But anyway, Sorcerer is now Stella's granddad. Yeah. That's been shoved down our throat. <laughs> yeah. uh, and now he has to protect her. Mm. There you go. And, and she's like, save me, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just accepts it. She's like, oh, yeah, 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 makes sense. Yeah. Um, we've also got Stephen is back in town. This was very <laughs> Boxer's Omen-esque, this stuff. But yeah, he's like um, going to see a bunch of monks. Mm. 
enlisting their help, but he's also getting trained by the monks. <laughs> but it's really frantically kind of set up. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, seeing the monks, going to do some quick training. And it's, it's <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think the scene might have even been in fast motion, like slightly sped up <laughs> when he's doing this like frantic training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they like they put him like in robes. Yeah. Like, it's like a kung fu robe like <laughs> sequence. Like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And he looks like such a dog That's in that robe as well. We fucking idiot. we hate Steven. Like, we, we need Steven. more Lao. Yeah, bring come on, bring back Lao. No more Steven. I also found the sorcerer's instructions for how they were gonna deal with this curse extremely fucked <laughs> and funny. So he's like, oh, I need to get my daughter's skull. So oh, the yeah, mom, yeah, 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 yeah. we need to get her skull to stop to stop the curse, and he's gonna fucking powder that skull. So he's got his own daughter's skull, Stella's mum's skull, <laughs> to stop the curse. He's smashing yeah. it up. He's got it like a mortar and pestle, so fucking grinding the bones. And also, for some reason, we've got that as like part of the method to to stop the curse. And they've also strapped Stella to this kind of what would you call that? It's like, like a, a water wheel. Water wheel kind yeah. of thing, right? Massive wheel mm. that she's strapped to and she's just getting dunked, like yeah. rotated in this wheel, dunked in water over and over again. And they're doing that to her for real. Yeah. That's the real actress so that they're doing that to. This is the finale and it is a fucking bonkers finale. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Oh my God. Like you said, but like that, yeah, and it opens with Stella being repeatedly dunked it, it just keeps going. Even yeah. even in the background of some shot, she's still yeah. getting dunked. Yeah, and so that's it. she's tied to the outside of a water wheel that's just been repeatedly, repeatedly rotated around. So she's just going in and out of the water, in and out of the water, and like gasping for air. That's the mm. that is the actress. Yeah, that's not a stunt woman. That is, and that is actual torture. Like, yeah, that is fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> how fucking nuts is that? And it, but it is an incredible shot. Mm. Like it's so good. And so, me, whilst she's getting fucking dunked, the sorcerer's <laughs> the doing Smashing that fucking spells, like grinding his daughter's skull down into <laughs> dust. Scorpions are homing in from all directions. Oh and then Steve shows up Steve. with a fucking umbrella. <laughs> He's got like a silly little umbrella. He shows up with the with the um, is, la- is llama, like, right? The, yeah, not yeah, like yeah. the animal, the llama, but like the, as in <laughs> yeah, Dalai Lama, yeah. llama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some other monks. And he's just got a silly little umbrella. Yeah. Don't know why I had that. Just really, every shot of Steven in this, he's holding an umbrella. Yeah, why does he have a fucking umbrella? But know. how fucking great was this last scene? And it was so beautifully lit. Because mm. everything, the background is completely blacked out. And only the subjects are lit. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. It's just this massive showdown, mm. right? Where... Mm. Yeah, Grandad showing up. He's like spraying her with sand or something. I he's think like, not. I think that's the ground oh, that's up a skull. skull. That's a skull. <laughs> oh, of course. It, oh fuck. Oh my god. Of course it was the skull. Yeah. I was like, what's he doing? He's throwing. Sa- that's a fucking skull. He's throwing. Skull. He's throwing her mum's <laughs> fucking powdered skull into her fucking face as she's getting rotated on a water torture device yes. while Stephen's watching, holding a fucking umbrella. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh. Uh, my, my notes in here are almost incomprehensible, but he also, he rips at her flesh. That's right? it. He like 
rip, like he. Oh, no, no, no. So, so, so what he does, he starts like throwing this powder skull onto her, and he throws yeah. it onto her birthmark, and the birthmark starts oh, like reacting, yeah, yeah, yeah. bubbling up, and he fucking jams his hand into her shoulder, rips out a chunk of her flesh. Like what? Why? And How then, is this supposed to? Help? Yeah, yeah. He like rips it out, and then there's just fucking scorpions everywhere. Mm. There are so many fucking goddamn real scorpions just everywhere all over the ground they're covering granddad after he's ripped his granddaughter's flesh out out after throwing (laughs) his daughter's powdered skull in her face and he's like suddenly on fire as well well no 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 no. so so he basically I love that you're explaining all the details come on come on no what's he so he's ripped out a chunk of her flesh for some reason yeah and then he kind of goes back into this like into this chant yeah yeah and I think he's like calling, he's beckoning on the the scorpions. He's doing yeah, this yeah. weird, I don't know, fucking black magic sorcerer chant. And all the scorpions are coming towards him and they start to climb all over him. It's, it's really gross. They are all over him, all yeah. over his face and hair and body. He's covered. He's got fucking 50 fucking scorpions on him, not to mention the ones around him. And then he's like, Steve. <laughs> Steve, you gotta set me on fire, mate. <laughs> oh, is it Steve that does it? Or it's the girl, the the who who was the girl oh, who yeah, was yeah, the, yeah. the the maid, uh, the maid, Satali. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they douse him in like gasoline mm. and classic monk move. <laughs> Fuck, that was dark. Sorry. <laughs> and they they burn him. They fucking set him on fire. Mm. But again, again, that's the, the there's a real person in there. On fire. Well, and he's 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 there, surrounded by fire. There's mm. he gets like engulfed in fire, in like a, a fire ring, whilst covered with scorpions and real scorpions. They're toasting those scorpions too. Oh yeah, and then in comes the red dwarf. Ah, oh, so this was this. So this was the separate thing. Okay, okay. Now I think I get it now. So we've basically got two different things mm. going on, but it kind of comes together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end here, and the red dwarf possesses the maid. Mm, Satali. Yeah. Probably say I probably changed her name. For the I don't fucking remember her name. Yeah. Ah, oh, now it makes sense. Now I okay, I've got it now. Yeah. It's all coming together. Yeah. You got to watch it three times as you have to, to just... understand it. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> anyway, the maid now possessed by the red dwarf goes fucking nuts. Starts killing people with her long old fingernails. Stabs Lau in the fucking neck. I know. Fucking Lau. He's he's a nice guy. Is he? Does he die? I guess so. Oh, maybe, yeah. I feel like he's just sort of stabbed and you're like, is he going to be all right? And then he's gone. Mm. It's quite an abrupt, I don't, we, don't, we don't really get a lot of answers. Yeah. Um, but then the, the monk warriors stop her. Mm. I bound her in cloth. Yeah. Fucking idiot boyfriend Steve with his fucking umbrella. Mm. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He lets her get the gold ingot statue yeah, yeah. which then gives the red dwarf superpowers yeah. makes him even stronger and then we have the final showdown which is like the the the, the llama. llama the llama and the red dwarf mm. have like weird fucking psychic mind battles and the red dwarf enters the body of the llama and they have this weird in bodily internal fight between the two of them it's amazing. Mm. And then... And then... The llama has a magic stick. Mm. Somehow. <laughs> and he fucking throws it like a spear at the gold statue. Yeah, yeah. Which then blows up. 
And then it just fucking ends. Yeah. It doesn't it end with Stella just like, eh? It's just sort of her going to be like, fuck happened? And then it just ends. Yeah. It's a very abrupt it's ending. It's so... It feels like they just shoved so much information... Yeah. Onto like, come on, come on, guys. We've got to get, get through this. Yeah. It's like, um, your granddad, and then with the llama, and yeah, then you've got yeah. a magic stick. Pound, pound and then skull, <laughs> your mum's skull. <laughs> scorpions. Uh, Steven's got an umbrella. <laughs> Does Steven survive? What's he going to fucking do in there? I don't know. He doesn't help much. Why do you have that fucking umbrella? <laughs> it's very... Very abrupt. Mm. And that's it. And there you go. Done. Red spell spells red. Jeez Louise. But oh my fucking god. I fucking thought bar the mm. horrendous and absolutely unforgivable animal cruelty, this film is fucking incredible. It's a real shame in a lot of ways, cause mm. not only cause a whole fuck ton of pigs get horribly mm. skewered, but yeah, it's a film that I would like to show people because it is great mm. in that way that only this kind of early 80s black magic Hong Kong film mm. can be. It's a very specific genre. Yeah. And I love this genre. And this is one of the best in the, that genre, but could never recommend this. To no. Any, you're not going to be showing this to your mum. No. Oh, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> Unless your mum's got a lot of problems. But uh, funny that you say that because... Um, About mums? No. <laughs> my mum, her health problems, no. Um, I actually got a, um, a message today or yesterday. From your mum? No. Forget about my mum. She's not, she's not included in this conversation. No, and someone was saying um, about the podcast, if we could um, share our insights of where we came to see the films that we talk about. Oh, yeah. And... Um, my initial response was because a lot of the films that we re- we talk about here are so obscure. A lot of them are kind of off of like odd servers and through other collectors. People like films that never even had a release, mm. um, work prints, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So a lot of the time, it's difficult to say where to see the films we talk about. But in this case, I briefly mentioned it. Um, at the beginning, this has just had a remaster and a re-release on Blu-ray by a um, a company called I think it's Era Four 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 Four. Right, and they're they're a new company and they've just released this and Centipede Horror. And included in that release is an Animal Cruelty free cut as well. Really? Okay. Yeah. Cannibal Holocaust did something like that too when they released that on DVD or Blu-ray back mm. in the day. Mm. So I'd be very curious to see the animal cruelty free cuts. It'd be quite hard to cut it out of some scenes though. Like you could definitely cut out stuff like the pig stuff, the mm. chicken stuff, mm. but the scorpion stuff, it, it's so embedded into the story. I think with the scorpion stuff, I think the only thing that would get cut out would be that like rock smashing scene I would imagine mm. I don't the know the other I stuff there's it... not that that you, it's not so visceral yeah 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 that'd be that'd be good to watch mm. I'd like to see and that. if that animal cruelty free cut was readily available I would definitely re- recommend this yeah this is an amazing film mm. and just just mad that it's not more spoken about well, it seems like everyone talks about centipede horror. That's quite mm. well known. But this one, not so much. Mm-hmm. 
this was the first time I'd heard of this. But yeah, Centipede Horror is pretty well known. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, not super well known, but like in certain circles. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty well known. Yeah. 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 So how did you get on with it, Dave? As I said, it, uh, it really upset me in a way that a film hasn't upset me in a long time. I found it very nightmarish. And I think it, you know, it's got this crazy energy, really nutty scenes, but it does have this very evil energy to it throughout mm. it. And, uh, you know, you often hear that phrase like cursed film. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it yeah. does <laughs> genuinely feel yeah. like a cursed film mm. in a lot of ways. And it, it yeah, it, um, yeah, it fucked me up, gave me some proper nightmares. The Scorpion stuff was really overwhelming. Yeah. Beyond even just the kind of exploitative animal stuff. It's, mm. it's even, I think without that, it would still be a very disturbing, unsettling mm-hmm. kind of film. And sometimes fun as well. You know, it's got some really fun, crazy moments as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. Other than the animal stuff, great, great film. Great stuff. <laughs> mm. I, I absolutely loved this film. Like I said, bar the animal stuff, which is absolutely unforgivable. But I, I love the fact that this film clearly drew from both like Western and Eastern horror films. Like you said, there's yeah, so a lot of mix. Evil Dead, a lot of Cannibal Holocaust in there. But then, again, like I said, a lot of Boxes Omen, a lot of Mystics in Bali in there yeah. as well. It seems like it's a real kind of mashup, but it's all, almost like the best of both worlds. Definitely. Like, it's a real nice mix. And <clears throat> no, uh, don't, don't, no, don't look now in it, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel say. like they really missed the yeah, ball yeah. with that one. <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm giving it for the wrong ometer. Oh, let's hear it. For once. I usually n- never know. This is a 10. Hey! Because it, I found it really disturbing. And I was at first, I'm like, yeah, probably a nine. But then talking about it, the fact that the powdered skull of the mum is thrown into the daughter's <laughs> face, that just gave it an extra mark for me. But yeah, like it, it's a combination of everything, but especially the uneasy, kind of creepy evil tone that this mm. film has mm. and or like the scorpions crawling out of the body and stuff it's really Ooh. it's not a normal horror film it's no. it's not yeah it's it's really really grim mm. and like something out of a fucking proper nightmare mm. yeah and also just like the where it shot all that kind of stuff it gives it like this exploitative mm. touch that made it very icky to watch as well. So yeah, yeah I think it's a, it's it's a ten for me. How about you? You know, I, I, I was verging on a nine and a ten, but yeah, I I, I think I'm gonna I think I think I'm gonna give it a ten as well. Double ten. It's a twenty. It's a twenty. It's a twenty. <laughs> That's only the second one for the podcast. It the is second double ten. It there is. But yeah, like like you said, there's there's a lot in lot in here that is extremely wrong. As as much as I absolutely love this film this should not be made <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> and i feel like i'm kind of glad that he's only ever made this <laughs> and he never came back apparently he went back to the um shaw brothers studio and he carried on working as a, a post-production manager and producer and, and apparently he still got given scripts and instead of like um, doing them himself, he just kind of passed them on to the person he thought most suitable. So he's still very much in the game. Well, I don't, I don't know about now, but he, um, yeah, it wasn't like he kind of disappeared. He he just, this was just his one time directing, and that was it. 
Yeah, I've I've definitely seen his name pop up a bunch of times. Yeah. Oh, he wrote uh, a film by the director of Story of Ricky. Hey! He wrote One Way Only, which is the most boring film by the Story of Ricky guy, I'm afraid. (laughs) Not anything like Story of Ricky. There you go. Yeah, but I'm definitely watching Shaw Brothers. His name Mm. looks very, very familiar. Mm. Yeah, this is, is, um, like I I said before, just this mad mishmash of both Eastern and Western horror. This feels like this fucking wrong Frankenstein of a horror movie that just should not exist. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 10. All right. Yeah. Nice. I will, while I am still talking. So basically, um, I mentioned before that this is available through um, Era 4444. And while I did buy that Blu-ray as well as the uh, Centipede Horror Blu-ray, they didn't arrive in time. So we watched a very... Mm. rough thing vcd very double dodgy. subtitle yeah, job yeah. Um, it was pretty grim but a lot of the information that i um was able to bring to this podcast was included in the booklet mm. of that thing and unfortunately i couldn't get mine because it hadn't fucking arrived yet but thankfully it was ever so nicely given to me by a uh, instagrammer called chris of death chris you, underscore chris of, of death. death who has a fucking wicked horror collection so check her out and, uh, yeah, thank you for helping us with this episode. Nice. Yeah. So, what we got next time? Oh, next time. Oh, boy. Are you excited? I don't know. Should I be? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there more frolicking? Mm, maybe. Am I going to be, be on cloud nine? <laughs> You'll probably... I, I think you're really, really going to enjoy next week's film another film that has recently had a blu-ray release mm. uh so next time we're back to japan yes again a film from the 70s yes <laughs> we're watching a haunted turkish ah, bathhouse yes amazing it's a great amazing. film it's gonna be very exciting to talk about that film much lighter Oh, thank and God. what we, thank we God. Uh, endured for, for this episode. Turkish Bartha, that's the same guy who did Wolf Cop, right? It is, yes. Good. good he good, yeah. is fucking awesome. So the, the director, uh, Yamaguchi Kazuhiku, did Wolf Guy, which is one of my... Oh, Wolf Guy. What's yeah, that? one of my... What, what did you got? I, I think I said Wolf Cop. <laughs> that's, that's a different film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Wolf Guy, uh, which is an amazing... Mm. My, my favourite Sonny Chiba film by far, and one of my favourite, like, 70s Japanese films. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, uh, Wolf Guy was absolutely incredible. Definitely up for seeing more of his stuff. Yeah, and Haunted Turkish Bathhouse is pretty close to that level of insanity. Nice, yeah. nice. So, in the meantime, please head on over to Twitter, go to that search bar, type in Show Me Something Wrong Podcast, and give us a follow. We're SMSW Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can also send us an email Ooh. at uh, something wrong at gmail.com. And please do a review. Come on. A good one. A good one. Five stars only, please. So yeah, do a review. Uh, tell some people about the podcast. That would be great. No irksome ones. <laughs>